What the fuck is up, world? Fiali Tlaltic Pak. We're back. Another podcast for that ass. Another grito. Been about two weeks now since my last podcast, Prison Planet. Uh, me personally, and my own humble ass fucking self-aggrandized ass opinion. It's probably one of my own personal favorite podcasts of all the ones that I've done. Mostly because it's one that I finally got to express just a little bit more about my self. I'm not even going to qualify by saying conspiratorial self. It was just literally straight up myself. A little bit more uh, method behind the math, uh, behind the madness, I should say. A little bit more insight into the method behind the madness would be an even better way of saying it, right? Um, especially when it comes to the whole... You- call it conspiratorial i would say more critical element of it you know what i'm saying actually before i continue i want to start this podcast off by saying first and foremost yo what the fuck is up especially to y'all that are not only listening from outside of el paso texas the little small circle of friends that i first initially started this podcast uh for uh in the very beginning i started with a worldwide audience motherfuckers you know what i'm saying but in the beginning, there's no doubt that it was just my small group of homies that had encouraged me to, you know, record this shit that I had started it for. But as the podcast episodes have continued to, uh, as I've continued along to pump these shits out, more people are tuning in. And that shit, honestly, it means the fucking world to me. Now, I'm not going to shout you out by name specifically because I don't know what the deal is. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to expose you per se. I don't want to fucking say your name and then people go off and look for you on social media and shit. You know what I'm saying? But I will simply state that, yo, what's up for real? This podcast is dedicated especially to you. And the reason that I say that, I mean, it's, it's, for, it's for the people. You got to understand, I love the people, okay? The podcast is always for the people. But this particular podcast is dedicated. What I'm trying to say is they're all dedicated to everybody. But this one in particular is dedicated specifically to the people who are recently tuning in. Right. I've got some people that hit me up on social media out of complete nowhere. And that shit honestly fucking made my day when you say shit like, hey, I found you on the podcast. So if you're one of those people who are listening into from like iTunes or some shit. Yo, what's up? It's me, your boy, Ice Nice. Follow me on Instagram, OG underscore Ice Nice 13. You can find me on the Facebook and the Twitter, but I don't really use those motherfuckers. For sure, though, Instagram, I'm up on that bitch almost daily talking all kinds of shit, right? So, yeah, shout out to you all specifically. But more importantly, the reason why I want to say that I dedicate this to you all is because I feel as though now... Well, I don't even feel I, I know for a fact it's because of the communication that we had with some of you that I finally started. I, it clicked. It finally clicked what this podcast is going to be. Uh, I don't want it to be. I don't want to have to go weeks at a time without dropping a podcast like I did between this last podcast and uh, Prison Planet and this one in particular. I fucking hate it. I really do. But as I qualified in my last podcast, I also don't like to just rush the ideas. I don't like to just fucking throw them out there. I like to sit and stew. I like to fucking linger with those ideas. I like to low ride with those ideas. What do I mean by low ride? Pata physics, baby. Walk around, fucking immerse myself with the world, immerse myself with the ideas, immerse myself with other people and get their opinions onto the ideas that I'm fucking with, right? And when I rush them out, I feel like, though, I just don't have enough time to let them stew, let them simmer, to bring out the full flavor of the ideas, right? One of the reasons that the last podcast specifically, uh, Prison Planet, was one of my favorite ones is because I got to do that very thing. I got to sit down and I got to reflect on those ideas for a lot longer than two weeks. Boy, let me tell you, okay? It was more like six months with those motherfuckers. And um, because of that, obviously, as I've mentioned before, that's one of the reasons why I had been in so inconsistent. I mean, it's one of the many reasons, right? Why I was so inconsistent in getting these podcasts out. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, and talking to a few of you that did reach out to me, literally only two. So let's not get too fucking crazy. But you two motherfuckers, y'all mean a lot. Okay. It was 
Yeah, like two or three actually. Right. I don't want to make anyone feel left out is what I'm trying to say. Anyways, um, and talking to you all, I realized that, yo, yeah, you can sit and stew and linger with your own gritos like the prison planet that you that you can drop every two, three weeks or whatever the case is. But in the meantime, let's not fucking lose sight. This is a quick shout out to the original homies who, you know, inspired me to want to put this bitch out in the first place. Let's not lose sight of what the point of the podcast was. We're liberating the knowledge, people. We are liberating it from the fucking privileged ivory tower bullshit that says you got to pay $10,000 in semester tuition fees to learn shit. Like, what the fuck? Why is knowledge so sacred and guarded that motherfuckers got to go into debt for the rest of their lives in order just to learn shit about the world that could potentially help them become better people that could potentially help them to live happier lives? Like, this shit doesn't make sense, bro. And why is it that the only knowledge that we get is from these privileged people who get to determine what is truth, what isn't truth? They get to determine what we're going to study, what we're not going to study. That get to determine what qualifies as an education and worthy of educational discourse and what doesn't. Who the fuck are those people, right? And, and if we start to look back on it, we start to realize more of the colonial roots of education and academia. We start to realize it in their actions. All they're doing is reproducing the very same systems that in many of their classes, they're fucking so intent on trying to, you know, disrupt, if you will, to use the knowledge from my PhD program. Right. When in reality, you realize these motherfuckers aren't trying to disrupt shit. These motherfuckers are more interested in maintaining the status quo. It's my cat back there just doing her thing. Right. For those of you who are watching on the YouTubes. Um, yeah. Like you start to realize these people aren't interested in disrupting shit. They're interested in maintaining their sacred guarded position of power. And just because they come in a different skin color, if you will, just because they share the same last name as people like myself, just because they could even come from the same city that people as myself come from, doesn't mean that they have your interest in mind. You know what I'm saying? Now, all this kind of shit that I'm speaking to you about is from my own personal experience in my PhD program, which in all honesty, I'm just be real with you. Hasn't been the best. You know what I'm saying? I've been, it's very, the, the knowledge that I've learned has been amazing. And I've had two, two, I can count them one, two, right? Shout out to Victor. Shout out to Jen. The two people throughout the entirety of the PhD program. Actually, I take it back. There's been three. One of them, she's just an absolute fucking sweetheart. She Actually, she did. She was one of my uh, professors for one of my courses. It was a, a, an immersive course. In fact, now that I think about it, goddamn, that's probably one of the best courses in my PhD program that I took because it was a course that got to do the exact same thing that I'm talking about here. And that is taking the knowledge that we're learning and extending it out into the hoods. You know what I'm saying? It was a community research project where I went out to the streets and I helped a lady who was a religious lady in a religious program, create a document to help spread the word and help her raise donations and shit. You know what I'm saying? The reason I qualify it is because those of you who follow me on the gram, you'll know that I'm always posting, you know, anti-religious, atheistic type shit. So, you know, it might come as a little bit of a shock, but man, I had no problem helping that lady. In fact, she's one of the nicest ladies that I ever met in her life, in my life. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so, um, getting back to the, the the few teachers that I did have, uh, you know, that were pretty dope and they taught me some shit. The rest of the teachers, though, in the PhD program, man, all those all they were doing is maintaining the fucking colonial status quo that a liberal arts program like the one that I fucking was getting. Uh, I'm getting the PhD in is so intent on fucking trying to disrupt. You know what I'm saying? The very dissertation writing process right now. You know, I spent the whole however many years of the undergrad work and now I had to fight to actually fucking be able to write my dissertation in a way that doesn't uphold the colonial structures. If you see here, I'm holding a book. 
It's called The Truth About Stories, a Native Narrative. And essentially, the way that I wanted to write my dissertation is along the lines of this book here in a more indigenous storytelling mode. But I wasn't able... They're, they're, they're fighting me. I'm, they're, they're saying I'm not able to because it doesn't meet the, the colonial requirements of whatever the fuck they think a dissertation is or should be. To which I say, bullshit. Again, these people, who the fuck are they? Why should they get the ability to determine what is a, an appropriate dissertation, right? And what isn't? What is knowledge and what isn't? Who are these people that get to determine the people that we study to learn what a dissertation is and so on and so forth, right? So again, and circling back all the way, a uh, quick shout out to, to the quick shout out to the initial homies, but also to those of you who are just coming along. I remembered, I remember like the whole point of this grito was to fucking divorce myself from that shit, to get as far away from that colonial academic bullshit, to actually truly liberate the knowledge, to actually truly fucking bring the hood philosophy to the people where it's going to fucking actually make the most difference. And not just that bullshit as philosophy. Again, I qualified it. The hood philosophy, philosophizing about shit that's actually going to affect people's lives. You know what I'm saying? There's motherfuckers writing papers out there about how whether or not you're going to be faithful or unfaithful to a partner in an alternate universe if you're uh, if you currently have a different boyfriend or girlfriend on this planet. That's an actual fucking philosophy paper presented at an actual fucking conference published in an actual philosophy paper. Man, I don't give a fuck about an alternate universe. I'm living in this one right here, right now. I don't give a fuck about a potential significant other that may or may not even exist in this universe. You know what I care about? Why the fuck they're still teaching um, abstinence in our public schools, despite the fact that abstinence has been proven time and again to be the most ineffective method of birth control. And why are we teaching that shit? Because of the fucking religious underpinning of the society that we're living in. And what happened to church or state? What, why, why is my public education being filtered through the lens of a religious person and how and who the fuck are these religious people to tell me what i can and can't learn especially when it comes to shit like sexual education what because it doesn't vibe with your what you think falsely that your the, the the nature of reality is namely in the sense where people don't want to fuck prior to they get married and they're sinners if they do get the fuck out of here dog so when i say the hood philosophy that's what i'm talking about i don't give a fuck about some lover in an ultimate dimension that may or may not even exist i give a fuck about that brainwashing that these public school kids like myself the ones that are currently going through right now are being filtered through that are having direct detrimental effects on our everyday lived lives yo especially like people here in texas i live in texas obviously el paso right chuco town and you know they're closing down the fucking abortion clinics they're closing down the planned parenthood clinics so you know when you start getting into this a little bit deeper you start asking yourself well then what the fuck like i know for a fact that the best way to elevate people out of poverty is to empower their women especially financially there goes my cat so why is it that we're not supporting institutions that enable women to be able to do so in the future, namely in clinics like fucking Planned Parenthood? Yeah, bro. One of the biggest detriments to fucking women escaping poverty is being a single mom. And you're telling me that all we have to do to avoid that potential pitfall is give women access to birth control, for instance, and maybe even abortion for whatever your if, if that's your if that's your cup of tea. You know what I'm saying? And by doing so, not only do we elevate women out of poverty, but we also contribute to the, uh, the greater uh, uh, advancement of society as a whole, men or women, irrespective of their gender. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, I would want to support that. But I can't because, again, the whole Christian fucking foundation of this country that we're living in. And, you know, rather than focusing about that shit, rather than talking about that kind of shit, 
We're fucking, we're talking about alternate lovers in different universes. We're talking about whether it's fucking moral or immoral for people to grow beards. Like, fuck you, dude. That's bullshit ass, academic, privileged, ivory tower philosophy. And I can give a motherfuck less about that shit. So yeah, hood philosophy, bro. You know what I'm saying? So circling back all the way around to the initial shout outs to the people who've been listening. Um, it's the liberating the knowledge. Like, yeah, it's cool for me personally to sit here and do my gritos every two or three weeks whenever they're all my own unique original ideas. But what's more important, what's more important is to share the knowledge that is so privileged and so gatekeeping. You know what I'm saying? To share the actual philosophy. So how does it relate to the people that have shot, uh, reached out to me recently? It's simple. I understand now that prior or rather in, in lieu of the, uh, of the weeks long breaks in between my podcasts, what I'm going to start doing instead is just a, a weekly recap, a weekly recap of all the philosophical issues that are currently trending right now in the philosophy community. And that in that weekly recap, I'll just fucking fill in the gaps where the knowledge is necessary, where I believe the knowledge is necessary in order to be able to even understand many of these problems and many of these papers in the first place. What I mean by that is simple. Again, obviously, philosophy is very privileged, very... Um, guarded, right? You need to have, in many instances, a lot of prior knowledge to uh, philosophical language, to philosophical beliefs, philosophical theories, right? The history of philosophy in general, in order to be able to make sense of much of the journals that are published, the academic articles that are published in these journals, which is just more versions of colonial gatekeeping. And right, you know, like I'm just, obviously I'm not with it. So when I say in order to fill in the holes, like, yeah, I'll just fucking, I'll, I'll, many of these papers are guarded, by the way, they're put behind paywalls that are fucking paid for by our public dollars. That's another fucking creepy shit. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the whole point of liberating the knowledge, bringing it to the masses is to fill in those holes, fill in the gaps, fill in the fucking, you know, the, the, the to divorce these gatekeepers from their privileged status, you know, just because of shit like language. And, you know, I'll explain it along the way, the whole hood philosophy. Um, and I started to realize then as the impetus for this particular, I did want to come in. I'm not going to lie. I did want to come in today to this particular podcast and just start talking about these issues because I've read some pretty interesting fucking articles recently about shit like depressive realism when it's talking about how, you know, nihilism is probably the best solution to uh, confronting and embracing nihilism is probably the best solution to dealing with the modern, you know, the our the, the, the current condition that we find ourselves in. It's not current. I hate to qualify it by current because people always been sad and shit. You know what I'm saying? People have always felt as though they've been disenfranchised and without a lack of meaning. But it seems to be particularly unique, not only because it's the generation that we're living in, but also because, damn, we have access to technology, bro. Like, what the fuck? You can order Uber Eats on your phone, as a great meme said. Uh, uh, weed is legal if you're not living in a draconian state like the one that I'm living in, the meme continued to state. Um it's like the basic gist of the meme was it's one of the best times to ever be alive. So why the fuck are people so sad? You know what I'm saying? Um, anyways, this article that I did initially want to come in and talk about is saying this very thing. It's kind of like this weird take on Camusian absurdist philosophy and also this mixture, if you will, of more recent philosophies talking about nihilism in general. But it's simply saying it's like, yeah, dude, this myth that life is all peachy keen and happy always like we need to start fucking we need to start avoiding that okay because that's ultimately doing nothing more than you know uh uh, uh uh making more difficult our current life right now by expecting us to uphold or having ourselves trying to uphold these very unrealistic standards of happiness you know what i'm saying so anyways the reason that i didn't want to just come in and start talking about it despite the fact that i kind of already did 
Anyways, the point is it, it gets deeper than that anyways. But, you know, but just by saying shit like Camusian absurdity, you know what I'm saying? That's gatekeeping type shit. And I know that I've spoken briefly, just briefly about Camusian authority, uh, absurdity rather. But that was during a time when I was still trying to figure out the legs for this podcast. Uh, and, you know, what it is that I plan on doing with, with, with this whole hood philosophy thing in the, in the future. Um, so my interpretation of it or not my interpretation but my analysis of it was it was it was admittedly is very it was it wasn't much you know what i'm saying like it was just the basic basic brass tacks type shit that you know i felt would be necessary to get at least the simplistic understanding of that philosophy moving forward i do plan on and i'm looking very much forward to getting into actual i'm gonna get into the weeds you know what i'm saying with this philosophy but that's gonna be reserved for shit like my paypal or rather uh the patreon right but um for the for this particular lecture or rather this particular podcast, all I would need to tell you is that in, in in moving forward, it's not even a matter of whether you have the knowledge to that access or not, because hopefully, uh, to what I'm saying is not only the access through public education, but maybe also my Patreon, but um, through uh, you wouldn't even need to have the knowledge of it in the sense that I'm planning on filling in the holes, like through these next, uh, through, through these little side lectures. I don't know. I don't even know what to call them. These little side podcasts that I'm going to be doing now, right? And um, so the reason then, that I wanted to start this week a little bit differently is because I feel as though it still needs even a more foundational, a more foundational level that it, 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 not just the, the language barrier anymore, but the actual impetus, if you will, for the hood philosophy beyond the shit that I already just talked about in terms of like, you know, philosophy that actually matters for people in the hood. So what I mean by the actual impetus of, of the hood philosophy, it's it really is driven by a very few fundamental questions. It really is, okay? Um, these are, the, these are the, the questions that I always tell my students throughout the course of the semester to just keep an eye out for because they're going to emerge in different answers through different philosophical theories, but I'm also going to point them out to you explicitly, okay? And so for this particular lecture, I'm going to go ahead and just explicitly state those questions as well with a little bit of foundation, a little theoretical foundation, if you will, as to why I personally believe they are so important. Okay. Now, the first question is it's one, the first couple of questions actually, they're not out, they're not new. I'm not trying, I'm not claiming to in any way, shape, or form to be dropping new shit, right? Um, these first sets of questions, if anything, are nothing more than very, very, very serious problems in the history of philosophy that still bother us to this day. Okay. So the very first one, just right off the bat, is why be moral? That's the first, even in an introduction of philosophy class, the question, the first one that I ask my, st my students to consider, right? Definitely, obviously, in the ethics classes that I teach, but in my introduction of philosophy classes as well, I ask them, why be moral? Now, many of us have this simplistic understanding of morality, I come to find, and we believe that, you know, falsely, that the question I find when I engage it with, and when I introduce it to students, I, I find that they seem to be very un... They, they don't see the point, I guess, is what I'm trying to say as to why that would even be a question in the first place. Why be moral? Because the Ten Commandments say so. Why be moral? Because I don't want to go to prison, whatever the case might be, right? But as the semester continues to progress and we start to unpack this question a little bit more, we start to realize that in something as seemingly bland as the question of why be moral, it, it, it's actually very deeply value laden. There's a lot more going on in this simplistic question that at the very base of that question rests the entirety of what it is that the majority of us do with our everyday lives. You know what I'm saying? 
So with that in mind, I'll segue quickly to the next question, and that is the existence of God. Does God really even exist? You know what I'm saying? And again, at this point, I usually get these pretty like these these awkward, not awkward, but just taking it back. Like, what the fuck? Not even not so much because of the question of God's existence. It's a philosophy class. So that question is, is, is expected. But the connection that I try to make to get students to understand that both the first question and the second one are intimately related. How so? Well, at the very surface level, we start to realize that much of the morality that many people around the world has is predicated on the belief of the existence of a God, mostly the Abrahamic gods, right? So Yahweh, uh, Allah, or God in general, I guess I was going to say Christ, but God in general, you know what I'm saying? That much of the morality that people around the world, most people have, is predicated on the belief of that God's existence. So we circle back to the first question, why be moral? Dude, what if God doesn't exist? Because if God doesn't exist, as been has as has been famously paraphrased many times throughout you know the last two hundred or so years, all things are permitted. Meaning, I can do whatever the fuck I want, and not face any sort of repercussions at all. In fact, I am justified in scientific theory to be able to do so. Not do so per se, because it's not that's not like science is going to explicitly tell people to go out and fucking murder. You know what I'm saying? But if you ask a natural law theorist, which is both an ethical and and philosophical problem, they're going to say, well, yeah, you know, ultimately that's what it boils down to. And unlike in the past where we were able to just murder people outright in the matter of feats of strength, we've kind of sublated that fact and hit it through things such as institutions in the form of the United States government or just the governments in general. Historically, I don't want to pick on the United States, right? Uh, just governments in general, militaries, et cetera. Like realistically, you realize, you know, the United States is one of the greatest military forces that has ever existed. So the argument is just made. What's the difference between the United States as this powerful institution, you know, going off in nation destroying and building and the difference between, you know, a primitive man who was just bigger and stronger and more able to physically impose his will on a quote unquote weaker man. And because of that, assert and establish dominance. You know what I'm saying? So circling back to the correlation between the two questions, we realize that, yeah, if much of our morality is predicated on the belief of the existence of a God and this God doesn't fucking exist, then what's keeping people from being acting, engaging in immoral manners, rape, mass murder, fucking, you know, torture, all these actions, technically speaking, if they're grounded on the existence of a God and if that God is, you know, irrationally proven in a physicalist materialist universe, then it stands to reason that every reason we have to be moral, it doesn't fucking matter. You know what I'm saying? So then from there, you start introducing other things like the social contract theory that says the only reason we act morally is because I'm afraid of going to jail, a little bit of uh, of consequentialism there. You know what I'm saying? But to continue further is that if our morality is predicated again on the existence of this God, you know, all things are permitted, meaning all the reasons that we have to not be killing people and shit basically boils down to the fear of repercussions from, you know, uh, uh, a force like the uh, the government, whatever government it is from whatever country you're living on. I keep saying the United States by default, obviously, but you know, whatever. Extrapolate to your own to fit your own needs. Um, furthermore, right? Even beyond that, beyond that, it might it extends to actually the very things that we do with our everyday lives. I'd like to speak to this to students in terms of the Protestant work ethic, right? Even I tell students, you know, it's, we're living in El Paso, man. There's not much Protestants here. But I tell them, irrespective of whether you're a Protestant or not, your life has been directly influenced by this Protestant work ethic. Why? Because the people who are the architects for this country, the people that built the framework for this country, the United States, but also the most Western worlds as well, 
they were fucking Protestants, man. And, you know, one thing that Protestants privileged is work. Why? Because idle hands are the devil's playground, bro. And the more that you're working, the more in submission that you show yourself to God, the less room there is for you to be corrupted by the fucking devil. And because of that, work is obviously a very privileged thing in this Protestant work ethic. You know what I'm saying? And then from there, I start to ask students questions like, why do we even have to work in the first place? Aside from the obvious reasons, you got to work here being outside the obvious need for food, shelter, water, safety, right? And why is it that the only work that we privilege and value is that which, you know, that creates currency for other people and for ourselves as well? Okay. Um, furthermore, we uh, get into deeper questions such as if our entirety of our life is predicated on this Protestant work ethic and we're devoting the entirety of our lives to this work ethic, what is the actual meaning and purpose of life? Is it really just to work nine to five, fucking five days a week and then pay bills and die of a heart attack at 50 because we're so miserable with the fucking, you know, the life that we're leading? Is that the whole point of life or was I perhaps born for a different reason? And if that is the case, why is it that the entirety of my life so far has been dictated by these people that fucking existed hundreds of years ago when they when they laid the foundation for this framework and their ideas still exist to this day and are influencing me at every fundamental level? Like, who the fuck are they? That's, who are they to determine what my life is or should be? You know what I'm saying? And of course, the only justification they, this they, had prior to, you know, the quote-unquote death of God, as Nietzsche so poignantly states, is an appeal to the godlike entity. You work because God exists. You're put on this earth to do whatever you're doing because God put you on this earth to do so, and so on and so forth. But if there is no God, well, first of all, that, that, there's that for that authority. Second of all, perhaps more importantly, it leaves us in a very, very difficult position that we're going to examine here shortly of having to give our own life the meaning and purpose and value, right? Um, but before we get to that question, in particular, the question being why study philosophy, uh, we get to the next question that, that stems from this, and that is the problem of free will. The basic gist behind the problem of free will is this idea that, yo, we live in a, a fucking materialist universe that has been explained in excruciating detail via mathematics, the laws of physics, etc. You know what I'm saying? And every time we do this analysis, we arrive at the same fucking conclusion. And that is that free will is an illusion, that we live in a materialist universe and that everything, humans included, are bound to the laws of physics. And that if we would hope to change that, we would have to do something as drastic as fucking overcome the laws of physics, something that planets and stars aren't even able to do, let alone we as human beings. You know what I'm saying? So if we don't have free will, if our lives are determined, then really, again, why the fuck should I be moral? Because when I engage in immoral actions, I didn't even have a fucking choice. I was simply acting in accordance to my biological predisposition, if you will. I was simply acting in accordance to my fate, if you will. And to punish me for doing so is absolutely patently absurd. It's patent. It's punishing somebody for doing something. They had no choice in the matter. So we start to realize again how this question, even when it's outside of an ethics class, starts to broach itself, its ugly little head yet again. And that is why be moral. Ideally, again, if I'm not, you know, if I have no free will, I, can, I can't be held accountable for any action irrespective of how... Uh, obscene it may have been think hitler here man these people are going to argue not like 
conscientiously. Let's not even let's leave Hitler out of this. Let's pick on the fucking Spaniards. They're gonna want to say that they didn't have a choice but to come here and you know fucking commit genocide on the indigenous peoples of this continent. They didn't have a choice but to spread disease and plagues and wipe out a hundred million people on this side of the earth. You know what I'm saying? That that was their destiny, and in turn, the indigenous peoples who were here that that was their fate to be put on this earth to be expelled by the fucking Spanish conquistadors. You know what I'm saying? And to befall and suffer these terrible fates to which people like myself will say, well, man, what the fuck? That's fucked up. Like, I, you know, I don't want to believe that my entirety of my ancestors' existence was to serve as nothing more than a fucking stepping stone for the European people to come to this country and then go off and manifest destiny their way to the privileged status that they're currently living in. You know what I'm saying? And it gets even further beyond just the Mexica people now, the Nahuatl people. We're talking about people who were born fucking the the rapists, the murderers, the thieves that you know that that committed the genocide against the the indigenous peoples. They're ideally, if they have no free will, justified in having done so, and we can't hold them accountable. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we uh, ideally, what it boils down to is that in order to have any sort of justification for morality. You have to assert some sort of agency. You have to be able to hold people accountable for their actions and say, no, you chose to do this. This was your own conscientious volition. But again, doing so implies that we are able to overcome the very fucking laws of physics that are clearly and poignantly telling us otherwise. They're saying, nope, humans don't have free will. And because of that, no matter what they do, it was already predestined and predetermined. You know what I'm saying? So again, this whole question of the first three questions, they're not new. But they're definitely deeply, deeply interrelated. And I hope now than ever, it's becoming more apparent as to why they're so important in hood philosophy, right? Um, which leads us to our next question, which is the problem of consciousness, man. We have no fucking idea what consciousness is. That's the most terrifying thing to me. I don't give a fuck. Friday the 13th, fucking The Exorcist, whatever. Dog, that shit don't fucking scare me. You know what scares me? Is it's 20, well, in European, you know, in American, Gregorian, European, Abrahamic religion years, 2020. You know what I'm saying? And we still have no idea what the fuck consciousness is. It's called the hard problem of consciousness because we have no fucking clue what consciousness is, what gives rise to it, how it interacts with other things. We have no clue if I'm the only conscious being and you're all just a figment of my imagination or if you're, I'm just a figment of your imagination right now. We have no clue whether there even exists an external world or if it's all taking place inside of our heads. Uh, and all of these fucking problems emerge fundamentally from this problem of consciousness. How can a physical body in uh, our, our spurn, or cause rather, an immaterial force such as consciousness. That's you know the problem of uh, dualism, essentially, right? This idea that immaterial matter can influence physical matter, or is it possible that somewhere in the in the molecules and the fundamental building blocks of the molecules of our existence, consciousness resides, and it's merely through the interaction with one another that gives birth to larger experiences of consciousness? We have no fucking clue. Maybe one day, maybe one day philosophers and scientists will be able to figure it out. But still right now to this moment, we have no reason to, you know, just assume that it's just one giant fucking phenomena that is either dependent or independent of human existence. That is either caused by physical cognition in the brain or that the brain itself just is able to, you know, adequately uh, receive the experience of consciousness like an antenna or something. You know what I'm saying? So that's another problem that I introduce to the students and say, yeah, as the semester progresses, many philosophers are going to give their reasons as to what they believe consciousness is and so on and so forth. So that's something that, you know, you're interested in. Keep an eye out for that as well. 
right? And then that leads us to the next question of uh, hood philosophy. There's two more left, right? And that is simply, what is the meaning of life? Like, honestly, this is not a new question, but in hood philosophy, it's obviously influenced by all the aforementioned. What am I doing here? Who am I? What is my purpose in life? I personally, unlike the academic tradition of philosophy, as I've mentioned before on my podcast with the homie Aaron on Kierkegaard, I don't believe that philosophy is this detached search for meaning and you know knowledge. I don't give a fuck about E equals MC squared. Okay, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I like to read physics books just to get the you know because I think I think they're fascinating, but I don't care to learn how we get from two plus two to E equals MC squared. You know what I'm saying? That knowledge in general doesn't it's not important to me because it doesn't it, it it's not going to help me in my quest to find out who I am. You know what I'm saying? That's detached knowledge out there. That's just, it's, 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 it, it, it's it entirely unimportant to me. Me personally, knowledge should be this impassioned and again, to quote Kierkegaard, perhaps even desperate quest for trying to figure out who the fuck I am and what the fuck I'm doing on this earth under the realization that I don't have much time to do it. Okay. You're going back to the problem of consciousness. Like, I don't know where the fuck I was before I came here. I don't know where the fuck I'm going after I'm done here. I know I'm here now and I got to figure out what the fuck to do. And I got to figure out, I got to figure it out quick because we have a very limited amount of time to do so, a very finite amount of time to do so. And if the knowledge that I'm gaining isn't helping me learn and figure that out, then it's ultimately hurting me. How is it hurting me? Because ideally that knowledge should be something that helps us become and live better, happier lives. And if it's not doing so, then it's just a fucking waste of my time, bro. Straight up, simple and plain. You know what I'm saying? And then ultimately, ultimately, that leads me to the last question in hood philosophy. And it's simply, why study philosophy? Why should I study philosophy? Period. Period. Right? I know I mentioned it before, but it bears repeating again. It's a surface level reason. Uh, and that is that obviously, as a philosophy professor, I know full well that many of the students that I gain in my classes are not going to be philosophy majors. It's my hope that I can, you know, get them to join and become philosophy majors and use that as the foundation for their future, uh, their future profession, because, you know, philosophy majors have the highest admittance into graduate schools, such as law school, right? Uh, medical school, business school, all that kind of shit. So of course I would want my students to use philosophy as the foundation to help be, help them become lawyers, you know, bankers, fucking uh, 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 doctors, whatever the case might be, right? But most of the students that I get are just there because they have to be. It's a credit course requirement. It's a core course. And I understand that full well. And rather than beat around the bush and pretend that it's not a problem that doesn't exist, I just I just confront it directly. I tell them, you know, like, hey, man, I know some of you are very unhappy because you have to be here. And, you know, let's try to make the best of it. Because first of all, if you're unhappy here now in my philosophy class, which is, come on, it's impossible, dog. I'm so lovable. <laughs> I'm joking. There's plenty of students out there who would tell you the exact opposite, right? To be fair, there's even more students that will tell you that, yep, I am, in fact. Anyways, um, enough of an ego bump. Rather than just beat around the uncomfortable and, you know, let's just let's acknowledge it for what it is, man. You're here because you're being forced to be here, whether it's because you don't have free will or whether because institutional external forces are dictating that if you don't get a college degree, your uh, merit and your value won't be as highly considered as those of us that do, Right. And of course, that's not going to make most people happy, especially when we're taking these classes that we personally don't think, in my particular case, 
wrongly philosophy, my philosophy class, but I'm sure others as well that are in, not beneficial to you, right? So going back to the previous question, like, is this going to help you live a good, happy life taking this class that you're not happy with? Furthermore, what I'm trying to say is you're going to have to take it no matter what. So, you know, the attitude that we're going to take towards it, maybe we should try to, you know, analyze that. But on a more important level, like I want you to seriously consider, man, if you're not happy in this philosophy class, what makes you think you're going to be happy after this philosophy class when you get your degree and you get your job and all that kind of stuff? Because guess what? The people that built this structure here, the school college structure that I find myself operating within, they're the same people that built that work structure out there that says you got to be here at work from nine to five, Monday through Friday, right? That you can only get X amount of days, paid day off vacation, that you can only get healthcare if you fucking have a job to begin with, right? Those are the same people, Doug. And if you're unhappy here, what reason do we have to believe that we're going to be happy there? You know what I'm saying? So it might seem as though you have no reason to be taking this philosophy class, but you should consider yourself fortunate in the sense that at least now you get a chance to sit back and ask yourself like, damn, when am I going to be happy? And if you ask me personally, never, if we never study philosophy. So, uh, you know, I broach it again. I say, why study philosophy? Because I honestly, genuinely, truly do believe that it is one of many of the important skills, tools necessary to help us live good, happy, fulfilled lives. And that's just not just that's not just a plug for me and my fellow philosophers. It it's it's the truth. I, I'm truth in like the most liberal sense of the term. I don't mean like this absolute truth. What I mean more importantly is there's a reason why philosophy has prevailed in the course of human history as this study, as this practice that people engage in in or in or outside of an academic institution. It's a fundamental component of human life. You know what I'm saying? And if we're going to, even if we don't choose to exercise it, if it's going to be a part of our lives, we should ideally use this tool in such a way to help us live, at least in my opinion, better, happier, more fulfilled lives. So I tell my students all the time, whenever we're going through the lecture material, whenever you're reading this lecture material, keep these questions in mind and try to, you know, relate them and all that kind of shit. So that's just a long winded way of saying when it comes to this particular podcast here, I am very much looking forward to dropping more consistent podcasts with those questions in mind, reading to you all, not read. I'm not going to sit here like a fucking, like a hostage victim, fucking reading verbatim this fucking letter that's been put in it, <laughs> that's been put in my hands by people with a gun to my head. No, that's not what I'm saying, bro. I'm saying, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to break them down. My, my goal is now to help break them down in an effort to further divorce academia, to further liberate the knowledge, if you will, from this, the philosophical knowledge from these academic uh, institutions. So yeah, I hope that at least by this point, you might be asking yourself, I really do, that we've had, we've built enough of rapport between you and I, that by this point, you are probably hopefully asking yourself, well, what the fuck is so important about these questions? And to that extent, what the fuck is so important about you, motherfucker, that you think these questions are supposed to be answered or asked in the first place? To which I would say, that's a great fucking question. I can't necessarily answer the second one for you because that's something you're going to have to ultimately take on your own. You're going to have to ask yourself, yo, is this motherfucker real enough for me to be listening to what the fuck he's saying? Or is he just another one of these hucksters out here that he spends his whole fucking time on this podcast talking shit about? I don't know, man. I like to think I'm the former, but it's up to you to decide. You're going to have to come up to that thought on your own. You know what I'm saying? As far as the first part of the question, though, the answer is simple, man. 
I am a fucking pedagogue at the core. I'm a fucking teacher in my core. That's what I was sent to this earth to fucking do. That's what I descended onto this earth to use a Nahuatl metaphysics to do, right? To assist in the elevation of consciousness, homeboy, homegirl, however the fuck you identify yourself as, homes, comrade, you know what I'm saying? Um, and because of that, obviously, I value education. I value the pursuit of knowledge and the, you know, the sharing of knowledge and all that kind of shit. So in that respect, it fucking it it very it upsets me very much because I understand full well just how important a good education is in the overall just in life in general, but also in the process of living, learning how to live a good life. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, I've spent so much fucking time talking about how frustrated I am, how annoyed that I am with the colonial education that we received, all the time that we wasted in that institutional learning facilities when we could have been learning shit that's of actual relevance and importance. You know what I'm saying? On another fucking level, it pisses me the fuck off because, yo, I for real still stay in the hood to this day. It's not just a gimmick, bro. I'm telling you. From the hood, still in the hood to this day. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it pains me to see when I walk around the streets of my neighborhood, the people who are so clearly fucking have been so clearly impacted by this colonial structures, whether it be fucking religion, whether it be the... The, 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 the work structure that's been put into place, namely their inability to fit into it because of the lack of access to education on their own behalf as well. Like these motherfucking dumb fucks that dropped out when we were in middle school, right? Like that's on you, dog. You should have already, you, I mean, I'm, it sucks to say, but I'm not going to make excuses for these people either. But at the same time, I'm, the, the, the blame goes both ways. It goes on the people that allowed the colonial system to fuck them over, but it also goes towards the colonial system for fucking these people over in, in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And I see these people, they're in my fucking neighborhood. I've spent my whole life growing up with them. I'm still enmeshed with many of them. And I see uh, these people who are walking around, you know, fucking sad, depressed, angry, fucking undiagnosed PTSD because we've been brainwashed to think that the only people that have PTSD are those that have been, you know, in war zones and shit when that's clearly not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very much possible that people who have grown up in the hood also experience PTSD from shit such as, you know, violent hostile households where drugs and alcohol are introduced, where, you know, there's abusive parents, where there's neglect, where there's no love, where there's people who don't expect you to become anything in life at all whatsoever. Oh, my leg is cramping. I'm sorry for those of you who are watching the video, right? Um, but the point is, is that, you know, education, it should be directed towards helping to figure out these fucking problems, bro, so that you don't have these lives that are just thrown into this world and fucking left to fend for their own and told them to fuck off if they're unable to, you know, satisfactorily escape the hood and the plight thereof in a way that is considered valuable by this society that has been built off the fucking oppression of our ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, man, I don't have to fit into white America to assert my value as a human being. My value as a human being is given to me just by virtue of being born, irrespective of the color of my skin and all that kind of shit you know what i'm saying so yeah like that's another part and go, you know circling back to the not making excuses like it, this this is directed towards me as well uh, after a while i came to the realization that yo you gotta stop looking for other motherfuckers to save you bro because they're not coming the politicians only give a fuck about your vote when it's time for the elective season election season and after that they can give a fuck less about what's going on in the hood you know what i'm saying the politicians aren't going to save you. The teachers aren't going to save you. The preachers are not going to save you. Only you can save yourself. Only me. Only I could save myself. And I don't mean that in this most radical of fucking myth of rugged individualism sense. I mean it in the sense that it, it was incumbent upon me to realize like, yo, there's clearly a trap that's been set up out here and I got to make the decision whether or not I'm going to fucking fall for it. Right. 
Thankfully, I had enough guidance and I had enough inner strength to be able to avoid much of the pitfalls that many of my homies growing up fell into, right? And much of what you're now receiving is essentially nothing more than a fucking exit strategy. Uh, it's me looking back and realizing where all the pitfalls were, where all the traps were, and just trying to fucking map them out for the people who are coming up after me, the people who are still in them right now, and realizing that, yo, like, for reals, there's, there's a system that's set up into play. It benefits off of our interest, and you can either stay woke or you can get played, homeboy, homegirl, again, however it is that you identify, comrade. The point here being is that only people like ourselves, only these quote-unquote organic intellectuals, hood philosophers, motherfucker, only these hood philosophers like myself and so many others can chart this course properly. You know what I'm saying? We have these academic halls filled, these philosophy universities, uh, departments filled in universities with white scholars who have no idea at all what it's like to grow up in the hood, be raised in the hood. You know, knowledge is located, bro. This has nothing to do with the person's color of skin and everything to do with the situation that you were born up in. And what I'm telling you is that most of the people who are privileged enough to be philosophy professors, they didn't grow up in the struggle, dog. They didn't grow up in the hood. You don't major on philosophy because you have a fucking... Uh, you know, you most people, I should say, who major in philosophy, they have a pretty secure understanding of where their financial resources are going to come from. And because of that, they come into this field and they're talking about their shit. You know what I'm saying? Shit that they're concerned with. And this is where it circles back to the beginning of my podcast. I've been fortunate enough where I could I could kind of afford to go off on the, the, the philosophical rant. You know what I'm saying? The, the philosophical route. And because of that, it's incumbent upon me as this hood philosopher and others like me as well to introduce the shit that we're fucking that are that is important to us you know what i'm saying uh again like the issues of uh, uh the, the undiagnosed ptsd if you will from the people running around the hood and, you know again it sounds hyperbolic but they've done research bro they know for a fact the effects that growing up in poverty has on individual people i'm not making excuses for them either but again this runs afoul of the whole problem of determinism like if their brain has been fucking altered by you know poverty do they even have a choice to commit these violent actions and from there you extrapolate further to some other shit is like is this why the, the prisons right now are currently filled with so many black and brown people there's so many questions that are inherent in these few these these these, these uh, five or six or so questions that i asked that we could spend the entirety of this fucking uh, of just this one project just this whole el grito project trying to d d decipher them i could write books about them people have written books about trying to explain them you know what i'm saying but the point is that those are issues that genuinely affect us and that's why i personally find them so important to share through the liberation process known as this El Grito podcast. So yeah, there you go. Moving forward, at least once a week now, I'm trying I'm going to try my absolute fucking best to bring out one weekly podcast, one weekly grito that is just it's going to be directed towards helping serve that aim in whatever way possible for a philosophy class to actually do. You know what I'm saying? But at least I know that I personally will be able to fucking sleep comfortably at night knowing that we did not go silently into that good night. That we put up something of a motherfucking fight against this oppressive, tyrannical system that is insistent upon fucking benefiting off 500 years of oppression. And it, 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 irrespective of the people, right? Irrespective of the people who are being oppressed. Just this whole reality that we're living in man shit can be better shit can be so dope for all people i don't give a fuck call me a bleeding heart liberal i will gladly fucking swallow that bullet if it means that you know less suffering and more progress is made for us collectively as a human species so yeah i guess with that said now more than ever is a perfect time to wind this bitch to an end i hope you all enjoyed this grito 
And I look forward to getting you out a new one soon. Until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Peace.